Welcome to Whitetail 46. Brought to you by Monster Meal Wildlife Feed and Attractants. Animal attraction, premium nutrition, superior results. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Whitetail 46, the stories of American deer hunting. We're going to go back in time today with this episode to an interview I did with Ben Stern. Ben is a primary at Tacticam. They're a POV camera that was specifically designed to hunt with. And he is going to talk about a lot of different things, about the family attachment that he has with hunting, how it was a family member that spurred him to chase his dream to develop a product specifically for the hunting industry. It's a great one. And if you like Wisconsin whitetails, it kind of introduces us to Bruno Stern, the caretaker of the Melrose Monster. Thanks for tuning in to Whitetail 46, brought to you by Monster Meal Wildlife Feed and Attractants. We're in Melrose, Wisconsin, and we did a first part series with Bruno Stern about the Melrose Monster, and this is a continuation of that. We're here with Ben Stern. Ben is the originator of the Tacticam POV camera. Uh, it's kind of the ideal outdoor hunting camera. That's kind of where you made your signature mark. It can be used for a lot of different things other than that, but... Um, it is unique in that it really came, the idea did not come from an idea for a product. It came from an opportunity that you wanted to share. And if we could just start out with you telling me what you told me about why you developed a POV camera um, and what you were trying to accomplish with it. Sure. Well, I guess uh, to start with, you know, I, I went to school for photography and videography, and uh, I was, you know, doing that whole thing and, and teaching, and I uh, was doing a couple different projects, you know, working on some cameras and building some cameras, but, uh, you know, I was out hunting, and my grandpa told me, he's like, you go go back here into this spot, and you're going to see, you're going to see a big deer, like, you go back there and check that out, and let me know, you know. So I went back there and I, I saw one and I'm like, Grandpa, you should have seen how big that buck was. Like, you'll never believe it. And he's like, do you got a picture? You know, I'm like, well, no. He's like, you you do all this video stuff and you don't have a, a video or a photo. So, of course, I go back the next day and I've got, you know, a, a camera with me and, and I'm filming and I'm like, geez, this does not work very well. And it was not one that I built. It was just one I bought off the shelf. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do, you know, to to make this work? So that was really the first Tacticam. It wasn't Tacticam yet, but it was the first camera that I had put together. It was on a circuit board with a lens, and it was saran, you know, like literally saran wrapped together, and I strapped it to the stabilizer and started shooting videos. And uh, then I could show, you know, I showed Grandpa, like, check this out, Grandpa. Like, you're right, that is a monster. So that was kind of how it started and then I started showing videos to people and you know one thing leads to the next and next thing you know we've got uh, Tacticam and I guess if you haven't heard of Tacticam you should definitely check it out but yeah it's a, now how old was your granddad at this point how old was grandpa dad well he died when he was 93 so that, and he was probably in his, probably around 90 around I yeah, he's 90. 90 years old and I mean we we hunted hunted every single every season you know like it was to the point where obviously we were sitting in the truck 
you know, and I would take him and grandma and we would, you know, sit go, go sit up on top of the hill and we'd sit in the truck and he couldn't see anything, but he, he didn't care if he couldn't see anything. I'd tell him what I'd see. So Tacticam was really spawned from a desire to continue to share the experiences that you knew were very important with your grandfather. Yeah. With your grandfather. Exactly. Um, and from that, I'm telling you, no one is ever going to accuse me of being a Bill Gates. I mean, I'm not a very technologically savvy guy. I utilize technology as a tool. Um, I have the original tactic cam that um, I got, I don't know, three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. I also have a 5.0. And the evolution in that product is spectacular because it's just, it's so much easier for someone who is challenged by technology like myself to utilize that camera um, for, for a purpose than even the original Tacticam was. Um, and what I really want people to take away from this is the, the purpose of this particular podcast is everybody, every hunter you meet, thinks it would be really, really cool to work in the hunting industry. And I'm not going to lie to people. It's really, really cool to work in the hunting industry. It's got its challenges. Um, but a lot of the stories of modern products are literally just an opportunity where someone sourced manufacturing. They really didn't have a lot developed in it. They're just copying another product or taking uh, a pre-manufactured product and putting it in a new casing. And Tacticam, even though it's a technology product, is not that it literally started with saran wrap and a lens yeah and, um you know, you know so it, it truly was like how can i make this better you know so it's like when you're hunting what is the thing you want to do when you're hunting right you want to hunt but at the same time it's like i wanted to be able to record this stuff you know so i could show like my grandfather or my wife or my son or my dad or you know my friends you know so that was where a lot of the ideas came from as far as like i don't want to turn the camera on i just want to if i need to i'll push a button but then after that i want the camera to do everything for me you know i want it to turn on i want it to record i want it to adjust its exposure i want it to do everything like i don't want to mess with it i want to focus on that animal i want to enjoy the moment i want to decide if i want to you know try to take take the animal or maybe try to and scare it away. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't want to worry about trying to run a camera. You know, that's why I think Tacticam took off was because we, we were thinking about all of that stuff. When I say we, because it's not just me. Like, there's, you know, when you you have a company, it's not just one person. You know, there's a lot of people that make it what it is. And you said right now Tacticam is about 20 employees? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a couple of them are, one of them is a very close personal friend of mine who actually moved out to Iowa from New York um, to work with Tacticam. Yeah. And he's been around Tacticam a lot longer than, than I've even really known you guys. Um, and he's how I was originally exposed to Tacticam, you know, kind of first gen. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's a really small industry and you kind of get to meet most of the people involved in it. And there's a lot of people that are great, great people. And there's a lot of people that you just don't relate to very much. But, uh, you know, one of the fun things that I've had over the last seven years, I think, is that it always seemed like the people at Tacticam 
have been in line with one, they want to be recognized as having the best product for the purpose and a very high quality product. And they've never shifted off of that. Um, you know, essentially all the improvements you've made have just made the, your original technology kind of your solo technology. I think it is now even more accessible for the average guy that wants to try it. And when I started hunting, if you wanted to video a hunt, you were dragging a 35 pound camera out in the woods, tons of batteries. You had to have a special camera arm. You had to have a second guy. Um, and these literally, you can set them up. I was, and I'm never going to try this because I'm just not that guy, but I, I realized the potential in that with a few small cameras and a few couple mounts, the video quality is outstanding in that 5.0. It's it's amazing to me compared to the original camera they have, the difference in that. But you can film multiple angles at the same time, all controlled by yourself from a smartphone. Plus, you can have the unit that's on your, your weapon. So um, that's a unique... Before that, you'd have to have multiple cameramen, you know, 15 years ago. So it, it really in this little cigar, what is it, four and a half inches long maybe? Yeah. Um, you know, it's an amazing amount of technology. But honestly, the most, when I started, you and I started talking yesterday, uh, Ben and I have known each other for a long time, but we've never spent a lot of time together. And it, I love it when, when we see these American stories where an idea was spawned out of a purpose that it, you probably weren't thinking that, you know, hey, I can make this thing a big thing and leave my teaching job and, and everything else. Right. But that's exactly what you did. And, and, you know, I always talk, we were talking with Bruno about the beauty of America is it can happen here. And it happens here with phenomenal regularity. And for someone to be able to transition into doing what they absolutely love to do, which is hunting and fishing and things like that, and develop a product that gets used there. And you're really... Um, you're one of the people that's really identified with, with Tacticam, and it's and it all started with with kind of you were the first seed. Mm -hmm. um, I also really like the fact that you understood very early that it wasn't you were going to have to take some risk, and you were going to have to bring in people with different skill sets, and you've done that. You know, I know Jeff Peel. Well, I've never met Ben through. Um, I know Dave Mathis very well. They're, and the, the people that you have around you are very, very good people. And the products you make are exceptional. Um, and, you know, so that begs the question, what has it meant to you to create a product that's allowed you to kind of go away from the cookie cutter? I grew up. I got educated. I went to school. I took a job. Uh, you know, did my 40 years and retired kind of the, the cookie cutter pathway that, people our age were always taught this is how you you become a success um, what has it meant for you to be able to transition into the hunting industry which is kind of where your passion lies um, as far as a recreation you know it's, it's still a hobby for us people forget that you know no, even if we sell products that are hunting related I don't get paid a dime I still have to take my vacation time if I want to climb a tree you know right. um, yes you do get some advantages in uh, you know, it's expected. No one really gives you any grief because 
you sell a hunting product, they expect that you're going to go hunting. Um, but it's not like they give you three weeks extra vacation or anything like that either. So you're, you know, it's still a hobby for you. You don't make money because you're out actually climbing a tree. You make money because you run the business. But what's it meant to you uh, to be able to make that transition? Um, and most importantly, what would you say to anyone who really wanted to develop uh, thinks they have a product that they can develop that that has some application in the hunting industry right yeah i guess number one i i'm very honored and fortunate to you know be in the place where i'm at now and you know it's uh it's been a heck of a ride and i'm not planning on stopping so i'm sure there's quite a few people that are listening right now that i've probably talked to on the phone and and or have had a question and i call them up and they have no idea who i met who i am and you know, then all of a sudden they call me back and they're like, you're, you're Ben Stern, the guy that started Tacticam, right? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. You know, but I mean, every one of us, like there's nobody that, that doesn't work at Tacticam that doesn't have the same passion. You know, like we care very, very much about our product. You know, it's like we build them for ourselves. We truly build them for ourselves. Like we, we don't make anything that we don't want and have to. Everything that we build is because it's not available or there's stuff we just can't stand and it drives us crazy. So it's like the reveal camera that we just built. There's just so many things that were frustrating about cellular trail cameras that it drove us nuts. And it was like Jeff and I are sitting there talking like, let's just build some cameras and we'll just use them. And then next thing you know, it was like we had orders for them. And next thing you know, we're like, we can't keep them in stock. But we built them for ourselves. We didn't build them for anything else truly you know but as far as uh, you know just being in this this spot and transitioning you know if you're if you have an idea I've always been the type of person that I just go for it like yeah you're gonna fail potentially and I failed at other things you know but it's not like I you know it, it, it teaches you stuff you know you have to be willing to take some risk I've been talking to a lot of people that have great ideas and they want to know how do they get started. And I tell them all the same thing. It's like the hardest part is, is, you know, sometimes pulling a trigger, right? Is that buck big enough? I don't know, but you'll never know until you pull the trigger. You know, when it's laying on the ground, it might be, wow, that was, that was the coolest thing ever. Or man, I, that was not the one I thought it was. <laughs> Either way you did, you pulled the trigger, right? Right. So, you know, for example, I don't want to say any names or, or ideas of products, but there's a guy right now and, you know, he, he's got a great idea, but, you know, financially sometimes it's hard or, you know, but if you have a job and you're making some money, don't, you don't have to risk everything. Go to a trade show, you know, Tara Peel and I stood at a trade show in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, after, you know. Jeff and I got together. It was actually before Jeff and I were technically together, as far as partners go for Tacticam. And Tara and I stood there, and when the first day we sold every single camera we had, and uh, we're like, uh, Jeff, we need some more cameras. Do you think you could, you know, swing by and grab some more and bring them to Madison? <coughs> and when Jeff tells the story, he'll he'll say it was that right then is when I knew, like, okay, this hobby that him and Tara wanted to get into with me. And, uh, you know, like, just do something for fun. 
wasn't going to be a hobby. Like, this is going to be something really cool. And uh, I don't know. I think it is pretty cool. And I think we're doing something really awesome. And yes, it's for ourselves, but we care about every single customer, which is why, you know, today I'm sitting on my computer reading messages and calling customers and Jeff's doing the same thing and Tara and every single person I get I'm getting text messages from our customer service people that aren't even working today that are asking me questions because they see stuff but we all we're very passionate and I think if you're a very passionate person you're probably gonna succeed because that's what it takes I think yeah there's there's a 4-H base mentality that you never fail you either win or learn and I, I try to teach my kids that all the time. And I, listen, you're gonna. The, the one thing we I think we we struggle with is teaching our kids that failure is okay, because we learn from failure. And when you learn, you don't truly fail at anything. I mean, uh, there's very few things that you're gonna fail at in life. Um, you may not be good at things. You know, I always joke that my friends from high school. Uh, used to joke with me that I would be a pretty good basketball player if I could dribble and shoot. And if you follow basketball, dribbling and shooting are probably two of the most important things. And I, I was just, I was never going to be a basketball player. Um, but I would engage when I could um, because it wasn't about, I didn't have to be the best. Um, it was part of the process of learning to work as a team and, and things like that. You gain so much by engagement. Um, you know, the, the other thing that uh, really struck me is that the, the propensity to want to develop a quality product uh, because it's yours. Um, a lot of the products we see in the outdoor industry are built with a financial model in mind and that we're going to build what we can for the least possible cost and the highest possible margin. And those products never seem to sustain and they never create a brand name. And as a brand manager, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to try to brand a widget. You know, I don't want to flash in the pan success because um, it questions, it brings into question the integrity of the person promoting the brand. Mm -hmm. And as a manufacturer, an owner, the same thing. Uh, so why I wanted to do this podcast, part of it is, is if you have a dream and you have a solid product, there's risk involved. And you may not feel comfortable with that risk. Listen, we all have wives and kids and, and a level of risk-taking that uh, we're willing to accept. Um, but don't necessarily discredit your, your invention or your idea because I'm sure in the beginning the 5.0 uh, was really not even a concept when wow. you started with your Saran Wrap model. <laughs> um, you know, you were probably pretty amazed at, at your you know that solo type technology when you finally got it all put together but it's evolved since then um, and then thirdly you bring up a very important thing that reveal trail cameras are a division of Tacticam um, separate brand totally uh, but you went and you took the same problem-solving set with trail cameras now it's no big secret to the people that know me that I have a love-hate relationship with trail cameras. Um, I don't like going into areas and pulling cards. I don't like disturbing. I, 
you live in Wisconsin, it's a high pressure deer state. Okay. I live in New York. It's competitive deer hunting at its best. Uh, New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, four states I've hunted. And I have never seen more competition for the resource than in those four states. Nowhere. Um, competition is different in different states. You know, you go to Texas, lease pressure is, is very, very high. But um, for the public type resource and the sheer number of hunters, Wisconsin's the same way. Um, so for a lot of times, I avoided things. And again, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of shy away from technology. Uh, I, I, we always had this mentality that technology can lessen the experience it takes away. It gives advantages to people who haven't put in their sweat equity, the kind of whole you know, working class hero mentality that is not entirely accurate, by the way. Um, I respect people that work very hard for what they do um, and achieve whatever level of success that they do have with whatever resources they have. Um, but this camera really is, is way different. Um, I think I set my first three up in about 15 minutes and could check everything on them the very next morning. I had a picture within, I think, 17 minutes of when I set my first camera out and left. I had a picture on it. Now, it's just a squirrel, but it picked it up. And uh, when I started looking through and feeding through the app, you literally can control them from your phone. Okay. Um, so when I look at that, that's amazing to me because uh, I remember... Bruno probably remembers the one the little timers that you stretch a string across the, the, the trail and you checked what time the string was broken yeah. when, you, when you did it. Um, that was a trail timer to me. And I remember people saying, well, that's not even fair because you're not out there competing with the animal. Now I'm getting cellular pictures from Kentucky in Wisconsin. Right. Um, you know, and I've had people say to me, well, that's not really that fair. I'm like, well, how's it really unfair because the deer are in Kentucky? You know, it's information. Sometimes too too much information can be a big thing. But let's talk about how, a, a, you know, a, a, a tech tard like me says, okay, camera and a camera. Um, two very different applications to cameras. Yes or no? Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, so, I mean, just the difference between a tacticam, like, for hunting and filming, like, your experience, the reveal... You know, is the concepts very simple? It's like how easy can we build the camera to work? What type of quality can we build into the camera? You know, so when you get the images, number one, I'm just tired of seeing like crappy images. I want to see really good images. So you know, it's like how do we do that? How do we make it affordable? You know, so like this camera is $130, most like Cabela's and Bass Pro and Shields, a lot of them are all selling them for like 99 bucks because that was the, you know, their sale price. And it's like, but for a really high-end quality cell camera, and I know there's other cheaper ones on the market, but if you tried them, you would understand the difference, you know. Not very capable. We, we, we tried to build this camera to be a $300, $350 camera but sell it at a price point that allowed people, you know, the opportunity to experience this because, you know, like, I think it's fun. You know, like, I don't get to go hunting every day. But with cameras out, I get to go hunting every day, you know, like at lunch or on a break or when I wake up or go to bed. 
I can pull my phone out and I can look at the pictures that are happening and it makes me feel like I'm in the woods, you know, like it gives me something to look forward to. And I, and I don't know how many people have tried this, but it's very addicting, you know, like you'll find yourself looking at the camera, like, why am I not getting any photos? Oh wait, I looked at it five minutes ago. That's why. You know, but it is very addicting, and it's just really fun, and it's a stress relief, and and uh, then when you do actually get to go out, I mean, hey, you, yeah, you're hunting then, but at least you know what's around, and and uh, it kind of puts you there when you're not there. Yeah, we had talked, I talked to your father a little while ago about the Malrose monster and uh, the status of legendary bucks in in deer hunting, and. This really brings some reality to the Malrose monster in that if you have a picture of the actual deer you're going to hunt, um, and you have a little bit of history to it, it actually ties you more to that, that deer personally. Mm -hmm. um, now, the antithesis is everybody has a Malrose monster. You know, we talked about that, where every hunter goes out there. You know, you may live in central New York where I, where I live, and... The, the overall quality of buck where I live is, is nothing like we have here in Wisconsin, Iowa, across the river, in Illinois, Indiana, southern Minnesota. Um, so what I consider to be a giant buck and what I considered it growing up is, is far different than, than what you've done um, and seen. But we can all relate to that giant that nobody's gotten yet. Oh, for sure. Um, and it, it really, it adds some reality. You know, you take it from... You know, fiction to nonfiction. Uh, when you start to see these things, the other thing is, as a manufacturer of a feed product, uh, it's you know, no one wants to sit in a deer blind in May and watch deer walk up and check times and do everything like that. Um, and different times require different camera settings, things like that. And this camera is so easy to set up that this is going to be a diagnostic and testing tool for me. Um, you know, but it can work for a hunter who wants to, one, who's accessing my property when I'm not there? Number two, it, let's start boxing our, our photos to, in the spring, what are the deer really eating on my property? Mm -hmm. Which, which cameras are the most active? Um, in the fall, uh, I have one guy who's who put put out a cell camera last year just to see when the acorns started to drop on these four trees because he he's paranoid to go in there, um, and he doesn't have a lot of time, so he always seemed to miss this four or five day window of when they were there. He says I put my cell cam out and everything like that, but like you said, I think those cell cameras that he bought were two hundred and sixty five dollars a piece. Um, that's a five hundred plus dollar bill, and then you still haven't gotten the ability to transmit um, a, a picture. Mm -hmm. So, and cell service is a little sketchy. These have been—I have one bar of cell service where I put five cameras in Kentucky, and I have all five cameras operating. All five cameras have been transmitting pictures to my phone. Um, we, you know, it was just as simple as checking the test photo, make sure it's pointed in the right direction, make sure the camera settings are there, and make sure you turn the camera on because that's the, the <laughs> probably the biggest mistake I've ever made was go out and set all set them all up in setup mode and then never turn them on. Um, but it, it, it is so easy. Um, and, 
you know, don't get hung up like I did in what, what an advantage this is. Why, you know, why are you letting people, um, have access to where the deer are literally in lifetime? Because the reality is most of us aren't going to just pick up from our desk and say, Hey boss, I got to buck up by my food plot. I'm going to go, um, you know, we might be able to do that occasionally, but, uh, it's really not. And, and, you know, coming full circle, the story of Tacticam, it was really refreshing for me to, to meet you in person. Um, you know, we've had conversations on the phone, texts, everything because of mutual marketing contacts, things like that. Um, but to hear the story about Tacticam and then meet your dad and see how it all tied into the, the, the history and the culture that is American deer hunting. Because that's what Whitetail 46 is about. It's not about who killed the giant buck in Illinois last year. I mean, we may have that. We may have some people talking about exceptional deer. Um, I'll guarantee you they're not going to be industry insiders who kill a 200-plus inch whitetail. It'll be some, you know, Ned Frockle guy just, you know, drives an oil truck and killed a giant deer, you know. Yeah. We, we'll try to get those. Um, but seeing the products, hearing the way that they were developed, you know, hearing the, hearing the passion where, you know, listen, my grandfather challenged me. You know, John Moses Browning, probably the most prolific gun designer ever, um, quoted multiple times about saying, you know, complaining about the firearms that he had to work on as, as a blacksmith. And then uh, his father, he said, I could just build something so much better. And his father challenged him and said, then why don't you do it? And that started, that one little prompt from a father or grandfather, you know, took an idea into the most prolific firearm designer in, in history. And that one little prompt of, why don't you have any pictures of this deer from your granddad is kind of along that same line. And folks, don't be afraid, don't be intimidated. One, don't think that the all the people that make a living in the outdoor industry are some sort of superpower celebrities because most of us are not. We're just regular guys that got a little bit lucky mm -hmm. and uh and either worked with or developed products that uh have a have a general use and there, there's a lot of people that make products that have limited functionality and uh there's nothing wrong with that um a lot of ideas are not commercially successful for a lot of different reasons and it's a lot of times not because the idea is bad it's because there's just there's a, a hiccup in the step but tacticam has been a very interesting uh kind of storyline for me you know we're going to continue to work together we have a little bit of fun together we shot some videos today and um, we're going to continue to tell the stories of american deer hunters and american deer hunting here at whitetail 46 thanks for joining us ben stern bruno stern brian smith thanks for being here thanks for putting this all together for me have a great evening to get the full Whitetail 46 experience with videos, blogs, and more, go to whitetail46.com. Follow our podcast by subscribing to Sportsman's Nation on your favorite app store.